Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB, online, on the app and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on TalkSport. What a performance. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm John Norman and alongside Steve Harmison we'll be trying to squeeze another 80-odd overs of all-out action into an hour show here on Talk Sport. Difficult to know where to start or what to think at times, but at lunch, England were absolutely dead and buried after another misfiring batting display and brilliant bowling from Pat Cummins. Moinelli's gone this time. He has top-edged that exactly where the previous ball went. The disappointment of losing Joe Root in the first over, difficult to get past, but somehow Mark Wood and Ben Stokes put the smiles back on the faces of another packed and enthralled crowd. Yes, that's got to be sexy. Used his feet nicely there. Did Stokes, got to on the fourth, good batting. From 167 for eight to England, uh, climbed within 60, uh, 26 runs of Australia's first inning score. And they were still in the game. And when Warner was dismissed early by you-know-who, incredibly, it was honours even. Etched, gone! Broad has him again! But Australia fought back, and despite the early blow, they saw off the new ball and worked themselves into a strong position, albeit slowly, only for Labashane and Smith to gift their wickets away. It was very England-like as they succumbed from 68 for one to 90 for four. England, all of a sudden, favourites. But by the end of the day, Mitchell Marsh and Travis Head were still at the crease. Australia 116 for four, a lead of 142 in the match, hanging in the balance. So where now for this match and the destination of the Ashes? Get involved on the show, 81089 on the text. Call us on 03717 or messages at cricket underscore TS. It has been another wonderful day of Test cricket. And you know what? England are just about still alive. Right, the uh, press conferences uh, are just underway, actually. Andrew McDonald, the Australia coach, has just been speaking. Let's, uh, let's just dip into what he had to say about this state of the match. We feel as though on the back of the toss and where the game's positioned, we feel as though we're in a, a pretty strong position. We're 142 ahead. Um, could it be better? There's no doubt it could have been better. Um, and full credit to Ben once again. Um, you know, his ability to work, work his way with batting with the tail is probably second to none over a period of time. 
So that's what uh, the coach Andrew McDonald was thinking. Harmy, you're uh, you're down the road here at Leeds at uh, a local walkabout. I know Sam Ellard is with you as well. But uh, to sum up another topsy-turvy, incredible backward-forward day, you know, where do you start and where do you end? Poor, oh, where do you start? Cap what's here, John? Captains. They were magnificent today, both of them. Ben was was phenomenal at the end of the innings to get England back in the series. And we talk about it, back in the series, yeah, because Ben Stokes holds out all of a sudden 70-run, 60-70-run lead, and that's it, game over. Pat Cummins ran down the hill at, um, at Headingley, and he was he was breathtaking the way he, you know, he, he, he sort of let the energy into length is just unbelievable. And that ball, I think Jared Kimber said it a couple of days ago, the ball that would define him, which is the ball that sort of going angle toward middle stump and then it just sort of nips away and takes the off stump but the way the Australian captain did what he did proved what a you know an unbelievable champion bowler he is best bowler in the world in my opinion and um, they were the they were the two sort of headline acts on this uh, on this day of of tense ashes cricket England I think they just they were just in the game when um, when Ben Stokes eventually got out and now doing what probably England did which was at, at Edgebaston which was have complete control of the game they really did Australia had complete control of the game um, and, and a couple of wickets Mo and Ali picked up a couple of wickets I'm not sure what Steve Smith was trying to do um, and then all of a sudden England are, are now back in the contest and the game is is evenly poised it's finally poised 116 for four so it's at 142 in front uh, England will, will fancy themselves to chant to cheers 260, 280, 300 on this surface because I still don't think this surface has got a huge amount of demons in it. Unfortunately, on the surface, you've got some fine, fine quality bowlers and the batting hasn't been up to scratch. But if England fourth innings have to chase something right, what they know and what they're good at, what's in front of them, then you might think, you know what, sometimes it is bizarre that the highest score in the game does happen in the fourth innings. Um, and you'd, you'd back England to, to, to do that. But there was some, some indifferent shots early on and, and England's, yeah, England's uh, batting. I'm thinking of the Wokes and the, the Mo and Ali dismissal. And then you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure what Johnny Besto was trying to do. And again, we've seen the sort of the drop catch that, that has creeped into the England, um, the England unit so many times so far in this Ashes series. But... As entertainment goes, John, it was magnificent. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a fantastic day. It was some. Uh, it was some consternation uh, at the lunch break. That's for sure. There was a lot of disappointed people because you know cricket is. Uh, it's it's taking centre stage. And uh, we want it to continue taking centre stage, and it will take centre stage just as long as this Ashes series is um, is in the balance. Um, but uh, of course. You know, if Australia go 3-0 up with two to play, attention will, be, uh, will turn elsewhere. And if you look at the calendar, you know, and the series that are taking place next year, you know, England, uh, if they want to attract new, support, new supporters to the game, then this is the series that they're going to do it in. Uh, they don't play any test cricket again until February, March, when they go to India. That's going to be a real tough series, of course. Uh, and uh, as much as we're all looking forward to seeing whether England can defend their 50-over World Cup in India in October, November, there is nothing that captures the public's imagination than uh, summer cricket. And uh, we've, uh, we've, we've been lucky. It's been two extraordinary tests. But for England to be staring 3-0 down as they were 
at stages today, um, that would have been really, really disappointing. Let's uh, let's get a little bit more reaction then, because there was a little moment. It's been picked up more on social media than it was at the ground, and I suppose that's just the way of things. But uh, Johnny Bairstow will seem to give Steve Smith just a little send-off when uh, he was dismissed, possibly the pressure getting to Smith, by the way. Uh, let's hear what Andrew McDonald, the Australia coach, had to say about that. No, I didn't notice that he snapped back around, so I haven't seen that. So... Um... Uh, in terms of the shot, I think it's been a high-pressurised series and there's been errors on, on both batting um, departments. So um, that's going to happen. The games have ebbed and flowed and it's, it's stayed in the balance. So whenever it's high pressure, there's always going to be errors and that was what happened with, with Steve. I don't think we should underestimate just what a big deal it is for Australia to come here and win. The, the last team that managed to do so was one of the great, if not the greatest side in the history of the sport. And these players want to be standing up alongside those. That Steve War side with the names that were part of that squad just fall, uh, you know, just, just you can sprinkle them comfortably around. They are absolute legends. And there's no doubt about it. Four years ago, you know, with England tired mentally from that World Cup campaign where they, of course, won in the Super over against New Zealand and then had to get back up and play an Ashes series. They had a golden opportunity and no more so than here at Headingley when that set 300 plus in second innings after being bowled out for 60 sec- 67. You know, essentially they were one DRS or uh, one Nathan Lyon actually not dropping the ball away from winning the series. They retained it. They drew 2-2. That's all great, but they want to win it. And I just thought at times today, the dismissal of Steve Smith in particular just belied a team that are so desperate to get over the finishing line. And England, Steve Harmison, need to realise that they're not the only team under pressure and they need to be able to put the pressure back on Australia. And the best way of doing that tomorrow, early doors, is to get rid of one of Mitchell Marshall, Travis Head early. Absolutely, 100% that they need to get early wickets. And it, it is, you, you talk about that 2001 side, and you know, I played against it from 2002. You had nightmares against some of the players that, that played in that side, that great Australian side. And I look at this, and, and no matter what anybody says, it's a bowling attack that wins your series, a bowling attack that you know, wins your test matches, then sets up a series to win you a series. And for me, this is as good a scene bowling attack as I've I've, I've seen from a, an Australian side that's toured England for a lot of years because you look at, God, I mean, we keep comparisons of 2005. McGrath was, you know, he was breathtaking in that first game, but then fell over, got injured. Gillespie wasn't the same as what he was in 2001. Brett Lee was, Brett Lee was unbelievable. Probably his best series um, of an Ashes of a contest. And then again in 2009, there wasn't as, they weren't as, vero- you know, as ferocious as what they've been before. And, and you know, Mitchell Johnson's group, they were a good bowling group, but nowhere near, for me, the level of the likes of Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Boland, as a unit, a seam bowling unit. Um, it's probably not the best bowling unit that's come to us from, from Australia because they haven't got Shane Warne, but you know, what they've got from a seam bowling point of view, have, they've literally got all bases covered. So because of that, they were always going to be you know, very, very difficult to beat, even in England on the slower wickets. Um, but you know, they've not disappointed and they've been led brilliantly. I'm not sure from a captaincy point of view, tactically, um, he is a brilliant leader in Pat Cummins, but boy, as a as a front runner and as a man who says I'm going over the top first, just follow my performance. 
he's gonna go down, gotta go down as one of the very best, and that for me is why that this team will probably do what nobody else has done since 2001, which would be to um, to win the Ashes in England. Yeah, six for 91 from Cummins today. And, uh, wow, he seems to have the uh, the sign over Joe Root as well. And if you've got uh, the sign over Joe Root, you must be doing something pretty impressive. OK, we've got uh, plenty still to talk about on the show. We're going to be getting uh, updates from uh, Wimbledon as well. Uh, Andy Murray knocked out today in another five-setter. We're going to be hearing from Lisa O'Sullivan. Uh, Darren Goff was here today as well, so we're going to hear a little bit from him. And uh, Jared Kimball will be joining us as well uh, to give us uh, his thoughts on another brilliant, brilliant day uh, of Ashes uh, history, I suppose. We've had 12 days of, uh, of this series and, uh, well, none of us know what's going to happen on the 13th that says uh, so much about the game we love. Uh, you're listening to uh, TalkSport. This is uh, following on Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, and uh, the big man, Steve Harmison. A pitch-perfect delivery of superior cricket conversation. This is following on Ashes Inquest on TalkSport. Well, it wouldn't be an Ashes test without another Andy Jacobs rant. And uh, he went to air shortly after England lost all those wickets this morning. So let's hear how he went on Hawksby and Jacobs this afternoon. Andy's just said, I said, it's lunch, Andy. He said, they don't deserve lunch. England don't deserve lunch. They should starve them. They should refuse to serve them lunch. It's a shame you just you can't swear because nothing else does it justice. Right, Bearstow really worth leaving out folks for. Drops every blooming catch he gets mm-hmm. and makes no runs whatsoever. Moen Alley, honestly, he should just go home now. We should play with ten men. Go on, clear, clear off, off, mate, because you're not worth being here. Really, yeah. they are not much better than us. That's what's so frustrating. There's, there's one difference between the two teams: that's catching and wicketkeeping, yeah. cat fielding, basically. <laughs> So there you go. Murray Daly, of course, popping up with two big wickets uh, this evening. Uh, we've had a message in um, to talk sports. Uh, Dan says, the casual fan thinks Bairstow's a liability. What do the aficionados think? Well, uh, you look like a bit of a liability, Harmony, with that balmy army hat on um, down at the walkabout. I hope you're going to be putting that out on social media. I guess you won't. But um, there was a telling moment today. You can see the pressure that Bairstow's under. He did put down another chance. Uh, just one ball before Labashame was caught in the deep. Uh, it was a tough one, but it was another one that went down. And Mitchell Marshall, when he was batting inside edge, the ball basically passed his own stumps. It went flying towards Bairstow, who managed to get his body and face behind the ball. And to a man, the England team all applauded and really got behind Bairstow. They know he is under all sorts of pressure here. That shot today as well did not help matters. Um, but yeah, well, the question is... The uh, part-time fans think he's a liability. What do the aficionados think? What, uh, what do you think as the uh, as the show's aficionado? Yeah, as the show's aficionado. Yeah, thanks, Dan, because Dan's been an ever-present on this uh, on this show so far. Uh, in the ashes, in an ever-present as being Johnny Bairstow, and I think he'll still be an ever-present till the end of end of the series um england got a big call but i think jared jared made a great point last night when he said i think england have picked johnny bairstow off the back of knowing that johnny bairstow can keep wicket but i don't think england have watched him keep wicket and that is it's glaringly obvious i am not going to sit here and say you know negative things about johnny because i was one for two years champion and on 
you know, the Cricket Collective and following on that Johnny Bairstow should be keeping wicket for England. Um, but the, the, the injury has, has hampered him and pressure's hampered him as well. Because, look, you go out there, play in front of all these people, you drop a catch and all of a sudden the next one is so hard to get. It is so hard to get because you snatch at it. And even, even Joe Root, the, the great Joe Root slip fielder, he's dropped a couple of catches and you can see the anxiety when the ball comes to him and it just bounces in and around. It's, it is tough. And uh, trust me, I've been, I've been there and I've done that. When you drop a catch, you feel as though the only, everybody's looking at you. You want the pitch to gobble up and you want to fall down a hole. Unfortunately, when you've got the gloves on, you can't do that. So England have got a decision to make for the next test match because there is an in. There is a way to get Besto and Folks or Besto and Smith or Besto and Robinson. Or they're probably the three contenders for the wiki-keeping gloves. There is an option there. Um, so because of that, yeah, because of the Oli Pope injury, I would still I'd stick with Besto. This is your team. This is the, the the message that you give out at the start. Stick with Mo and Ali. Stick with Johnny Besto. This is the team you thought that was going to win you the Ashes. This is a team because of you know, you know the unbred and yes the odd drop catch. You believe that was going to win the Ashes, and you haven't played too badly. You know we haven't as though we you know, we're two 0 down and we haven't been completely embarrassed. Um, they're a stubborn bunch, this lot. I think there is a way you could get everybody in, you know, the ducks in order and get a witty keeper in who can obviously give you a little bit more confidence with, as a bowler, I can see that and I would, you know, I'd be seriously tempted to do that. I'm not sure it would be Ben Folks. I'm not sure it would be Ben Folks. So, yeah, let's just see what happens at the end of this test match, whether Australia are 3-0 up. And the Ashes are gone, and England have got some decisions to make, not just on Johnny Bairstow, or England are 2-1. We go to the Old Trafford, and whether we can still sort of sugarcoat it over it and get through with Bairstow as wicketkeeper, I think you know the next 24 hours is going to be huge, not only just for the series, but where selection goes um, and going further. And you mentioned my hat. I am at the walkabout. We are at the Barmy Army party. They are going to have a good time. You did mention... You know, the picture of me with a, a daft hat on. But Sam Allard has now got an umpire's jacket on and a brimmed cap on. And he looks as though he's about to go and sell chalk ices down the local theatre um, in, between, in between sessions. So if you thought I looked stupid there, John, I'll tweet a picture of Sam Allard as well because he looks absolutely embarrassing at this minute in time. Well, we did see Mark Butcher earlier and it sounds like Sam's about to go and sell some sausages. Um, Moeen Ali, of course, as mentioned by Andy Jacobs and picked up two wickets today. Uh, poor shot to uh, to see off the end of his own innings, though. So uh, he needed to do something. Uh, but he had this to say about another, another incredible Ben Stokes innings. It's difficult to see. There's so much I think is dealing with this. Um, I, I think when I was batting up with his hip was a little bit sore. And um, I, I think there's there's a lot more than he's showing. Um, but yeah, he's... As long as he's batting well, it's um, it's fine. Um, so yeah, his his body's obviously been through a lot. He, one thing with Ben is he can't do anything without being 100%. So um, yeah, hopefully um, he'll get through this series good and and scoring a lot more runs. Moeen Ali speaking about Ben Stokes, who topped score for the second innings in a row, 80. Uh, he made last man out as England made 237, six fours and five sixes. It was uh, powerful to watch, dragging his team single-handedly, really, towards that Australian first innings total. 
and uh, a huge reason why at the end of day two, England, um, well, it's a 50-50 game. If you uh, hear from, uh, if you believe the uh, the coach, uh, the Australian coach, Andrew McDonald, Steve Harmison are the same opinion. We've uh, we've still got loads to talk about here on the show. We're going to hear from our old mate Goffey as well. So uh, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest, and this is Talksport. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On DAB, online, on the app and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on TalkSport. What a performance. Right, uh, Mark Wood, uh, of course, walked off the field uh, with the ball in the air, waving to his mum and dad. Uh, and then today smashed 24 from seven deliveries. And, uh, well, we just thought it'd be nice just to play this out before uh, Harmy um, uh, goes anywhere, gets a beer in at the uh, the Barmy Army event at the walkabout. Um, Mark Wood saying it was great to have Harmy here to support me. Always gives me a big boost. Great that, that Harmy was, was here. Um, I saw him in the stand and to be able to sort of lean on him and, and even just see him, you know, gives me a, a bit of a boost. He was texting me last night and, and wishing me well and um, making sure that I give myself 10 seconds before I bowl and a few pointers and a few tips. Obviously, he's been in the pressure cooker of an Ashes. And one where, personally, I, I haven't done that well in this country. So to, you know, before the game, there was a few nerves flying around because I've felt for a while I've got a point to prove here. Um, all my good stuff's happened away from home. So to be able to finally do it at home was a, was a massive relief. Brilliant stuff. That explains uh, England's poor overrate. The fact he was taking so long to uh, to bowl his deliveries. But uh, yeah, no, great to hear. Eh? And it, uh, I suppose even you, his biggest fan, didn't expect him to come out and start smashing the ball to all parts, Harmy. 
No, I didn't. And the last message I got off him was at 10 past 10 at night, and he signed off with, I'm going to let it fly. And boy, did he let it fly. It was, it was breathtaking. We talked about it. I think it's the fastest we've seen in this, in this country. Um, and he came out and he, he entertained with the bat as well. And we're going to see, the, I think, the other side of him, that when he gets into a battle, into a contest, he's going to have to come in and do that tomorrow morning. I think hopefully we're going to see the durability side of him because that's something that's always been in question. Um, but from a, an, an ounce, announcing himself in the series... Um, he did that and he did it very well and all I said to him was you know, you can get carried away you can get caught up in emotion this team is a team who wants to go fast forward and because of the, the way he plays the 10 second one was just, just give yourselves a, a chance when you go back to your mark to sort of compose yourself before you go again because we've seen the minute he leaves you know, the crease to go and sorry the minute he leaves his mark to hit the crease um, it is all in fast forward. It is all in explosive mode. So just buying yourself some time and thought in this pressure cooker of the of the Ashes series is something that I think is important. And I thought he did it brilliantly well. Well said, uh, Jared Kimber is alongside me. Uh, Jared, you know, I was just chatting. Uh, I was chatting about the pressure that's on Australia. Pressure cooker? No, no pressure cooker. I was talking about the pressure that Australia have. I think they're putting it on themselves a little bit. You know, um, I don't think that England. Uh, fans or English listeners should underestimate just how big a deal it would be to this set of players mm-hmm. to stand up alongside that great side of 2001. Australia should have won the Ashes four years ago, and they didn't. Um, and maybe we just saw that a little bit today with those dismissals of Lavashane, who hasn't quite looked right all series, fair, truth be told, but certainly with that Steve Smith dismissal. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Lubbershane, I think, just tried to sweep the wrong ball. I think it was fuller and straighter than he thought it was going to be. He got into a position of, I think he wanted to slog sweep the ball, and it was too close. And so when he's played the shot, he's just sort of chipped it out. Steve Smith, I've got no explanation for. Um, John, I can't help you here. Here's what I would say. And, uh, you know, you can find this in my blog tomorrow if, if you uh, feel the need. But essentially, I think England, we, we talk about, how much? How many wickets they've taken um, in, in their test matches? We talk about the declarations. We talk about the chases and how quick they score. They're the best bowling team in the third innings in the world by basically bowling very defensive, very dry, and chipping away. All their bowlers take wicket. It's not one or two players. It's not the spinners or the quicks. It's everyone involved. Their, their economy rate is um, under, three, uh, under 0.3 runs and over. Uh, less than the rest of the world in that time. And in a, in a period where, every, where in their matches, the economy rates are usually high because everyone's attacking. So the rest of the world goes at 3.3 runs and over when they're bowling in the third innings. They're going at three. And so they're just keeping the pressure on, keeping the pressure on over and over again. And essentially, we've seen it with New Zealand. We've seen it with India. We've seen it with Australia now. They eventually chip away and get these wickets. Australia should have absolutely, they should have smashed England out of that test at Lords. They should already be in front here. England don't let you get away. I think they're very underrated. It's it's the least sexy. I, could, I mean, third innings, when you and I are playing a computer game and we're there, we always press simulate third innings. No one cares about the third innings, right? And England, I think, are playing on that mentality from cricketers a little bit where they just like, oh, you know, we're already in front in this game or we're 150 for two. We've got a lead of 270. It doesn't matter as much. And England are very, very clever in what they're doing. So I do think there's a part of that. doesn't explain what Steve Smith did, but I can't help you there. 
did Australia go too slow though? I mean, yes, England bowled well, but they've got no Ollie Robinson, they've got no Ben Stokes. I thought that Australia allowed Moeen Ali. I thought, I really thought they were going to go at Moeen Ali. Mm? You know, you get rid of Moeen Ali, and England have got three bowlers. Do you think that they essentially it was just a little bit too defensive from Australia, or do you think that Moeen Ali just bowled really well? I think England set defensive fields and basically said to Australia, if you want to score quicker, you're going to have to take a chance. And if you look at the Smith and Marnus um, dismissals, I think, to be fair, that's what they were. There might have been other issues there, as I said, the wrong ball, uh, perhaps Steve Smith you know, trying to impose himself a little bit. But I think the very basic thing was that England said, if you want to score at even three, three and a half runs and over, you're going to have to take small little chances. And we think over the period of, you know, let's say 60 to 80 overs, we think we're going to make 8 to 12 chances in that time and put a bit of pressure back on you. I think it's very clever cricket from what they do. And what about when England were batting? Because it was it was a pure what-if day. All the what-ifs at lunchtime were coming the way of England, mm. but the what-ifs will be coming from Australia. I mean, they really... I know that Ben Stokes is just a, a terrific batsman. We've talked about the way that he can just assess a situation and change his game accordingly. Um, he's able to essentially bat despite the fact that, you know, he's got a, a buttock problem, a back problem, a knee problem, and a rest that, of the team problem. Are the buttock and back not related? Well, I mean... Is it all, a buttock-related back problem? We're all drainage experts, and we'll all become <laughs> buttock-back experts as well by the end of this series. But essentially, you know, England were out they were on the canvas 142 for seven at lunch and somehow well not even somehow we know exactly how we've been here many times with ben stokes they got themselves up to not quite a one innings game Mm. but certainly they got well closer to australia's first innings than most people thought they would at the lunch break yeah i i think when when wood came out and and started swinging that obviously put them off a little bit right and and that's fair we've seen wood do it to south africa before and he's a, he's a very good striker i think he could be a very good batter we're never going to see him bat properly ever again and that's also fun um but i do th- i do think he has a bit of batting talent but i i it was only a couple of balls that they bowled to him uh, Mitchell Stark missed the Yorker. That if they uprooted his stumps maybe that would have changed things a little bit uh there with stokes again i think with stokes I would rather see him go all-out attack with the ring field in first rather than what Australia keep doing. They keep giving Ben Stokes extreme situations, and he's he might be the best batter I've ever seen in extreme situations. He's got the lowest batting average of anyone ever with over 6,000 test runs, and yet in certain situations, there's almost no one above him on that batting list that you'd want ahead of him, right? He's such a remarkable cricket from that way. So I, I think with all those things going out, I think what you say to Ben Stokes is, no, no, we still think we can get you to nick off. You weren't actually batting that well. You know, we didn't think you were doing particularly well. We're going to keep bowling the length outside our stump. Boland was bowling some incredible deliveries. Cummins bowled a great spell. You know, they had plenty going for them. Todd Murphy had bowled well at that point. And instead, they kind of allowed Stokes to go to dot, dot, four, four, dot, single. And I don't think they needed to. And they were so rattled in the end that they kept the field out for him on the fifth and sixth ball so he could get easy singles. I thought it was silly from Australia, but again, bring it from Stokes. Yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, and here we are. We've had a caller as well. Ali's just called in. What would you like to say, mate? Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the England batting. Uh, I think uh, the top order, uh, the opening batters, they didn't do too well. And uh, I was expecting a bit more from them because we've got Ben Stokes in the middle order. Uh, we needed to make some good runs, and I think it, we just got let down by the top order. 
Well, it's not just a top order, is it, uh, Jared? Because that's two innings in a row where only two batters have gone past 30. Mm. Uh, Zach Crawley and Ben Stokes in this game and Ben Duckett and that man again, Ben Stokes, in the last innings at Lords as well at some point. See, there's all this talk. There's people in and around who are very confident that England can chase down 250. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, OK, well, Stokes will score maybe 90 of them. Where's the other lot coming from? Because it's quite difficult to see where, who else is going to stand up. There's, there's usually one other batter at the moment, and that's it. I think we, when Basball started, it was covering over the cracks of a bad batting order, right? I mean, we knew that going in. Those cracks are still there, though, aren't they, John? I mean, they haven't disappeared. Ben Duckett, They've just been moved around. They've been moved around, and sometimes they're, they're you know, Craw- like Crawley has the I, I, something like the 15th worst batting average of a top six player in the history of Test cricket, right? Like he's he's a little, you know, so does Mitch Marsh, and he he did all right in this Test. Uh, ben Duckett is looks like he's going to edge almost every ball outside off stump on some days, and you know, n- the number three is makeshift again, and I would say that Ollie Pope was makeshift, and now they're double makeshifting that. So, I, you know. I think from that perspective, we knew that they had problems within their batting order and they still have problems within their batting order. If they didn't have problems within their batting order, Ben Folks would be playing ahead of Johnny Bairstow. Well, with the gloves anyway, not with the bat, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, Ali, thank you very much for your call. I would actually say that Zach Crawley has almost done as good a job as uh, as many people would have uh, dared, to, dared to hope for. He's, he's scored some runs. He's At least he's got England off to a start and he scored relatively quickly. He puts Australia off. I, I don't think Australia... I, I think with with Duckett, Australia think eventually we're going to get this guy out. I think with Crawley, they think he's a weak batter, but they also think that he might be 60 off 60 balls and then they've got to deal with the stronger batters coming in later. That can cause them real issues. And they don't really know how to slow him down. They know how to get him out. They don't know how to slow him down. And it, it does put them off. He, he's a really interesting player. Um, but look, no one's made runs in the top three batting around the world. Usman Khawaja might be the only player who's sort of come to England and made runs opening the batting in a very long time. It's, it's, it's him and Rohit Sharma. No one else has. It's been tough to bat in England with the new ball, but it gets very easy after that. Hitting you for six with top order cricket conversation. Following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. We've had another caller to the show. Thanks for uh, calling us, Naz. What would you like to say? Yeah, I just want to speak to uh, Mr. Harmison if possible. Basically, I don't, we've had the best conditions for batting and bowling, so this basketball mentality, we're not as mentally as strong as Australia to play this type of game against them. Well, I'm not sure if Harmi is quite with us for this section, but it's certainly a question I can uh, we can pose to him. I, when it comes to mental toughness, if you're, if you're there, Harmi, is, uh, is it something that Australia possess and, and England lack? Yeah, Australia possess it. I think England are trying to find a way to play this this baseball, if you want, style under the extreme pressure. And I think that was always going to be the big question. Um, look, a, a little bit what Naz is saying, the caller, and what Jared's saying. I think you've got to look at the bowling on this in this contest has been unbelievable. And you can talk about top order batters, you can talk about averages or whatever. But what I'll say is the high quality of the bowling unit on show in this game, in this series, has been unbelievable, especially from Australia. From the pace that the bowl at, the velocity and you know, aggression into length, they've made sure that England and you know, England have done it at times to Australia, where batting is not easy. Batting is not easy in this country, especially when you look at the, the units that we've got. And Naz, I think I, I, it broke up a little bit for what 
what he was trying to say. But if you're talking about mental strength and you know the, the mentality and the qualities that come, I think sometimes this basketball unit gets it gets misunderstood as though it's it's mentally weak because it's playing big shots and they're getting out. They've got a plan the way they want to play. I still think they need to iron out a few things in that plan they want to play. I still think it's the best way forward, and it's the for me it's the only way forward with the players that are on show. Um, and time will tell if things change. I don't see this 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 changing. I, I, I've been with Adam Holyoke all week, and what he said the other day is spot on, which is the terminology with that iPhone. You know, you got a one. You went to a two because it was better than the one. You went to a three because it was better than a two because it just it just got better and it got refined and it got it got a better you. This this basketball unit it, until it learns that three men on the boundary, I can't play the big shot, so I'm going to have to ride the bouncer, drop it in, and run twos and 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 be proactive that way and turn the strike over and score that way and just be sensible about what they're trying to do. You can still be positive. And I think that's what I think that's what this basketball unit needs to evolve. I think they're mentally strong cricketers because the world that we live in now, you have to be mentally strong. Um, I just think in this series, when it comes to top order batting, there's no weakness in it. It's just because of the bowling has been fantastic. Good stuff, Harmy. Okay, well, look, with the Ashes series in the balance, and we do have another caller. We're going to get Cameron on very shortly. Uh, but let's just have a little listen to see what some of the fans at the walkabout have to say, the Barmy Army guys and gals that are congregating, waiting, anticipating Sam Ellard's uh, first hosting duty evening at uh, the walkabout. Uh, and Sam's been out and about asking uh, whether England should change the way they play to get back into the series. Um, so uh, Sam was here earlier today in with the Barmy Army in the stands at Headingley to see what the fans think. It's a love-hate relationship with basketball for me. No, keep basketball. I will stick by basketball till the end. I think what it's done for English cricket and the entertainment it's brought is more valuable than the results. I do like basketball, but it's the right moment for it. I think we've lost the series because of playing rash shots at the wrong time. It's not going to be perfect overnight, and it's the best team in the world. They're not. They're not. They're no mugs, the Aussies. When the ball's there to be played, play it, but not not throw wickets away. They're throwing too many wickets away. I love basketball. You know, we, we won 11 Test matches before that, so it's it's about picking and choosing your moments. I just think there, there's a need for a constant adaptation. You know, Thomas Edison didn't fix the. <laughs> I don't think Test cricket will survive if it, if it's like one, two, and over. It's fun. It's entertaining. I think that we can do anything on a cricket pitch. With Ben Stokes at the helm, we're in no trouble ever. As long as he's around, then we're OK. So some of the fans here that turned up uh, in their thousands to watch England and Australia today. Uh, let's go back to the uh, phone lines. Cameron's called in. What have you got to say, mate? Hello. Hello, Cameron, you're on TalkSport. What would you like uh, to say? Uh, just uh, going back on uh, by Moin Ali, I think one of the presenters earlier on, I was listening, and he said something about it's like uh, playing with 10 men uh, when Moin's playing. I think that was a very unfair comment to make, uh, just because I think Moin's been very underrated. If you look, look today's game, it was pretty much his two wickets that have completely turned the game, and he's picked up 200 wickets, and I don't think... Uh, that's any fluke anyway. He's been a massive player for England over the years. And I think the comment earlier on was really, really unfair. I think, uh, I forgot who he was, but I think he was a bit frustrated. But uh, to call it, you're on 10 men when Moyne's in the side. I don't think that's um, justified. 
Yep, no, you're absolutely right. And do you know what? Andy Jacobs, he just cares more than most people do about this England team. He was just a bit frustrated. We were all enjoying watching Moeen Ali back like David Gower, and then he got out like David Gower, didn't he? But uh, he certainly made his uh, presence felt with the ball. Those two wickets absolutely bringing England back into the clash. And let's not forget, he's only the third spinner to take 200 wickets for England as well. So well done, Mo. OK, let's uh, let's hear from uh, Goffey. Our very own uh, Darren Goffey was, of course, part of the drive time show for so many years um, was uh, speaking earlier today with TalkSport Sam Ellard and he began by discussing how England best solve the Johnny Bairstow conundrum. Johnny has been up and down that batting order um, his whole career. Um, he doesn't know whether he's keeping one minute, he's not keeping, he's keeping one minute and then not keeping the next. I, w- I would have liked and I've said this from the start, um, I've said it numerous times so I'm not going to change from it, I would rather see Stokes open the batting and folks come in and keep and Johnny just bat as a batter. That's what I would like to see, but it's not going to happen now, I don't think, this series. But Stokes, he, obviously that, that innings he played the other day, people are going to say he don't need to because he bats at six, but if he can play like that, we've seen he can just be watchful and then when he gets in, he can take the game away. I'd like to see Stokes at the top and it means folks gets in, he's the best, he's the, he's the best keeper. I, I don't think Johnny's going to argue, but folks is not yeah. a better keeper. But it's like any team, you're always looking for a bit of both, aren't you? And folks will get runs, but he won't get them in as the manner that probably this management group like to see a batter getting runs. And is that the problem with folks? Is that obviously it's not keeping, is it? It's just he's not basketball, should we say? Yeah, I would say, he, 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 but he gets runs. Um, mm. I think he, he will still probably average the same as someone else who's batting there, but he'll get them slightly different. I think he's awkward to bowl at folks, um, and, and obviously his keeping is is out of this world. He's the best keeper in the country, um, but it's like any team. You're always looking to fit kind of all rounders in. Johnny could play as a batter, mm. or he can play as a batter keeper. Could they he be tempted the to make team. a change mid-series? You think? Could they be tempted to? If they go to Old Trafford two-one, series still alive. I know they don't often change things mid-series, but with the Ashes alive, could they be tempted? Well, the, the thing is, if Stokes is not bowling. I'll say it again, if Stokes isn't bowling, he has to open the batting. And then that means you get, you're not wasting any spaces and folks comes in and it's strengthened. It's still a really, really strong side, especially with Moeen Allen in there. Moeen Ali as well, who can bat, is an excellent player as well. So, yeah, it's just about England now um, getting the right balance on, on, on each game. And I'm not sure if it'd ever be an option. They're probably laughing at me, keep saying it, but <laughs> I do like Stokes opening the batting. And final one for me, Goffey, um, on the bowling. Look, we've seen some changes in this match. There's no Jimmy. Josh Tung has come out. What have you made in particular of, of Jimmy? Maybe not at his best in those in those first two test matches. I know he was quite critical of the wicket in the first game in particular. Do you still think he's got a lot to offer England in this series and moving forward? Well, not on the pitches that he's had to bowl on <laughs> because I, I know exactly how he feels. When, when I came back after not playing for 18 months uh, with one leg and I came back at Edgbaston and Lord's in 2003 against um, South Africa, it was exactly the same two pitches they've just played on. And Graham Smith got two doubles, and that finished me off. <laughs> but with Jimmy, we know if the pitch offers a little bit, he's still very high quality. Absolutely highest quality. Even doesn't matter about his age, he's high quality. But even him, for someone who's played so long, after those two tests, he'll be sitting at home now and he'll be disappointed. He'll be disappointed, but yet he's not been able to get into the game. Um, he's not bowled as many overs as he normally bowls. 
and he will be determined, determined, mm -hmm. knowing Jimmy, to rock up at Old Trafford from the Jimmy Anderson end. <laughs> and would it surprise me if he got six for? No. <laughs> uh, but being a fast bowler and knowing what it's like as you get older, it can, he's, he's going to have to really get his frame of mind right before that next test because these are a good side. Uh, they don't take any prisoners. You're slightly off your best, they will come at you. And he has to make sure mentally and physically he's at his best for his home test match. That was Goffey talking with Sam Ellard earlier today. Harmy, your thoughts? Yeah, two double hundreds for Graham's flat wickets. I can say, yes, there were flat wickets. I played in both of them. Um, but Ben Stokes opening the baton. Wow, what more do you want Ben Stokes to do? The world's gone mad if you think Ben Stokes should open the baton for England. I'm sorry. Mate, the world went mad a long, long time ago. Don't rule it out. You heard it here first. If Goffey thinks it should happen, then it will no doubt happen. Uh, thanks for your time as ever.